cut it, cut it. Can we, can we get rid of that? Cut it. Not a fan. Not, is, is that like fucking diet Nickelback or something? Seriously, have we got something even more generic you can find to put people fucking sleep? Jesus. Look, let's cut the shit. 30-minute interviews released weekly. We're going to talk to some everyday Australian guys, ordinary blokes who have been through something extraordinary. It's going to be raw. It's going to be emotional. But hopefully you can go away with some tips and tricks, maybe some good habits that will get you through your own rough patch of life. We're trying to break a stigma here. Blokes don't talk, so we're starting a conversation. Yeah, mate, no worries. Let's let's fucking go again. Outro music. Show us your picture, Chad. Hey, Jake, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I was just enjoying, man, you... I haven't actually listened to that intro that many times, so I still piss myself when it comes on as well. Yeah, what an intro! I wasn't expecting that to be honest. <laughs> I thought your uh, your better half might have might have um, played it to you because I we were we were sharing um, intros with regards to student and the coach stuff, and and she thought it was a pisser as well. <laughs> no, she. Did not inform me about it at all, so it's a nice surprise. <laughs> okay, so today speaking to Jake Hobson, a very, very uh, lovely, handsome, genuine friend of mine um, who, who puts most fellas to shame, so bear with us. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Jake story, man. Like, uh, how old are you? Where were you born? Where was where was school? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I was... Full name Jake Hobson. I'm 28 years old. I was born on 24th of Feb 92 in Sale. Um, I grew up actually in Stratford for um, most of my um, young life, and I Go actually grew up down Hobson Street, funny enough. And um, yeah, I went to Stratford Primary School, Catholic school, like um, which was yeah pretty good then. Went in high school, went to St. Pat's Catholic College. So I went to two Catholic schools, but I don't believe in religion or anything like that. I think, you know, religion, in my opinion, is just, I can understand there are a lot of people out there that, you know, it's their life, makes them feel good about themselves, which is fine, really. And like, I liked it for a while, but after a while, I just realized it's just not for me, really. But um, yeah, anyways, going back on track. Uh, yeah, went to high school there for a while. Um, I finished in 2010 and in 2011, I, um, did a TAFE course in conservation land management and ended up going to university actually in Warrnambool. Where was TAFE originally, bro? At, um, Forest Tech, just outside of Lake Centrum. Yep. Yep. Familiar. And, yep. Uh, did that. Yeah. Yeah, so that led to, um, yeah, getting a diploma, going and studying marine biology in Warrnambool. So I was there for about two years, but I ended up leaving that just because I realised it just wasn't really meant for me. I was there more for the lifestyle. Yeah, yep. and, to, and to be able to put dolphin trainer on your Tinder profile, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why, you know, was that with a little and that's that's like the ultimate i think uh cliche there marine biologist 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, mate. It's a shame that they didn't get a photo with any of them. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to um, have a group chat sometime with you and and uh, another gentleman um, that I I interviewed grew up with in in all Boston. He's um, he's a marine biologist and who did a lot of research into climate change and whatnot. And he's also uh, ha- holds a doctor of PhD of um, philosophy. So he's basically a yeah a dolphin trainer and a professional bullshit artist. So he, he's fantastic to talk to. We'll have to we'll have to tee that up sometime. Oh, absolutely. Guys living the dream. <laughs> so sorry, man. Take take us more towards the end of uni and where that didn't didn't lead. Yeah, so like I was there for about a couple of years. I um yeah, first year was great. Really loved it, you know, because well growing up, I was in high school, primary school and that I was such a shy, timid sort of a guy. Yeah. I just yeah even though I had, you know, quite a few friends and everything, even they said as well, like, you were just always a shy, quiet, yeah, timid sort of a guy. And, like, I, you know, knew that. And I hated the fact that I was so shy and quiet and I couldn't get out of it. Yes. So, like, when I went to uni, in my mind, it was felt like, you know, a new start. I felt like I could, you know, people don't, like, you know, know who you are. You can start off fresh. And it's not like high school where you know kids in high school are ruthless most of the time in uni you're there with young adults so they're just like oh, hey i'm so and so like i'm studying this what about you and it's just like oh, okay so you can be yourself i could like you know talk a lot more like because no one's there to judge you or anything like that yeah so yeah it, it was a good way for me to come out of my shell even though i know that it didn't work out and wasn't meant for me I realize now looking back on it, it was a real turning point in my life because it's really, yeah, like I said, brought me out of my shell and I'm thankful for that, even though there were quite a few things that happened at uni and um, things that didn't quite work out. I think like, you know, a lot of times where I went to a bit of a, a dark place, I guess you could say, but I don't regret it at all. Yeah. We'll have to um, talk about that um, sometime over, over a beer maybe because very similar stories in, in that regard in terms of going to uni relatively sheltered, I guess, as a country kid and, and, and it um, providing that real clean slate, I guess, where you could write your own story and not necessarily fit the same social norms that you had previously. So I feel on, feel on that, man, for sure. So so what's yeah. what's happened there there since professionally? Um, well, my first job was working at Woolworths. So I was just like a cashier for like, majority of the time like i was there for about too long <laughs> too yep. long I, I guess you could say really like it was it was good but it, most of, i realized like you know probably like halfway through that was definitely not meant for me like after i you know left uni i didn't really have anything else to come back to obviously like i had a um i was not going through a very good mind frame at the time like i was in no position to try and look at any other work so that was what I stayed in for a while because it was all that I knew and um I was there for I think I'm gonna roughly guess about six years yeah I was there and then anyways I finished up there ended up working at Cavino's for a little bit for about a year and I absolutely pardon my language fucking hated it (laughs) uh Cavino's just for people not from our neck of the woods man yeah. What what style yeah, no, of business? Just, 
Sorry? Just just for people that aren't from the area, what style of business is Cavino's, mate? Yeah, so it's a fruit and veg farm, like picking farm. Like, you know, obviously, like, a lot of backpackers and that, like, work there. It's just a, yeah, a fruit and veg, yeah, farm. Yep, yep, That's understand. It, really, but I um, yeah, worked there for about a year. I Halfway through, I was working there took um, a bit of time off and actually went over to South Africa and did a bit of volunteer work there for about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what what was the nature of the work, man? So I was doing, I was working at a place called Care for Wild. So it was actually looking after, looking after orphan rhinos. Wow. So I was there for two weeks in the middle of a, yeah African bush. It's something that I wanted, wanted to do for a long time and I don't know, it's got to a point now I'm just thought, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm so sick of, like, you know, the same sort of routine every day. I want to do something different. I had the time. I had the money. I thought, what, what's stopping me? It's just my own self-doubt. Yeah, man, I saw that so, um, gorgeous uh, little video you put up the other day of, of what I was, I presume, is you taking some rhinos for a, a walk along a fence line. And I was like, wow, that's that's some sort of a story to have there. Oh, yeah, like there was, you know, I could talk about that all day. Like the experience was absolutely great. Like it was only my, uh, yeah, second time that I was ever overseas and I was in, yeah, in South Africa by myself. <laughs> so that was pretty daunting. Like when I arrived in Joburg, it was, I think it was like four o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking to myself, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> you know, I was really, you know, scared like i didn't know any of the languages there i thought like god if like i jumped in there have i jumped in the deep end like too quickly like i thought like i've screwed screwed myself over here but after a couple of days i realized it was one of the best decisions i've ever made yeah would not ever change it any um was there any sort of an ignition point looking back mate for what gave you the courage to dive into something so out of your comfort zone I think it's just because, like, um, I've been doing the same thing for, like, most of my life, like, just going to work, working a nine-to-five job and just, like, coming home. And I got, you know, I get bored of things really easily. So just doing that all the time and the fact that I realise now that I, as I said before, I had the time, I had the money, you know, I could have, you know, done it whenever I wanted. And now it's just like, what's stopping me, really? Like, I got to live life to the fullest because, well, another reason why, like, and I'll explain it later on, but my I lost my mum to cancer. Yeah. And it was a um, one of those things where it sort of showed me you can't take life for granted. Like, life can just be taken away like that. So, you know, you got to live life to the fullest. Yeah. Simple as that. Amazing, man. Just to zigzag back, and obviously we'll get to the... Um, the deeper parts of something pretty crazy that you've been been through there. Um, so what what was your initial family structure? Just sort of going backwards to yeah. what what made the Jake? Yeah, yeah, just sort of dug myself in a little bit there. But um, yeah, my family. You know, I had yeah my dad, Phil, mum, Annie, and I had my one sister, Jess, who's about uh. Two and a half years older than me. Yeah, okay. Two and a half yep. years older than me. So, yeah, we grew up in Stratty. Then um, I think it was oh, – I can't remember how old I was, but we we um, bought a block of land out the back of Briag, actually, and 
builds our rammed earth house out there. Yes, yep. And also, like, my family was never rich or anything like that. We didn't have, like, you know, fine, luxurious sort of things, really. We're just, like, that sort of tough country Australian family that just sort of made its way along. But it, it sort of, I, yeah, it, it sort of made, it made you tough, really. <laughs> understand, man, understand. And and I guess your your current setup um, family-wise, uh You've um, got you and your lovely fiance. No, no kids yet. No, no, no. We have, we thought about it and we have talked about it a fair bit because you know obviously we're not getting any younger, and but there's still so much stuff that we want to do. Like you know we want to do more travel. We want to like you know go see other places. Like obviously you can do that when you have a kid, but it does make things a bit trickier. Yeah. So even though we've had a lot of people like you know especially family members saying like oh, when are you going to bless us with her, um, a kid or something like that? It's just like, oh, God, don't know. <laughs> we don't even know what we're going to do tomorrow. So we have talked about it. We have flirted with the idea, but actually going through with it, we yeah, haven't gone that far yet. But yeah, it's no. something that's on the radar. Understand, man. Now, just in terms of rounding off the the shallower aspects of, of, of the yarn, in terms of building the picture of Jake, you know, you've, you've mentioned... Um, passion for travel and obviously you and I know each other through the through the gym any other hobbies that you get a lot out of as an adult now yeah obviously I love like you know the outdoors like I love fishing you know hiking and all that sort of stuff like I'm a water baby just love going to the beach like me and um a fiance and even like you know some of my good mates like our favorite places Wilson's from it's just you know so close to home. It's a beautiful part of the country and it just feels, I don't know, you feel like a, almost like a cleansing when you go there. Yeah. Like all the stress you have in the world, it just like sort of leaves you. I feel so anyways. Yeah, no, totally, totally understand, man. And and apart from the, the sheer beauty of the, the region, it's almost um, the geography in terms of it being that little bit out of the way from everything, like not just away from the city, but it's also out of the way of... I guess the natural progression around Australia with Princess Highway and stuff like it, it definitely, I think almost that you are taking yourself out of the way to relax is probably some sort of a psychological aspect of the magic of that place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It just, yeah. Even though you get a lot of tourists there, but it's still like the fact that you're in such a beautiful wilderness, like away from like, you know, all this shit from like, you know, city, like, you know, even a small town and that you're just in, nature really and it, it feels good yeah understand man all right well we might take a break brother and and then get into a little bit of the the deeper stuff as as we move forward um if that's cool with you yeah that's fine with me man all good too easy bro and now a word from our sponsor nah just fucking with you guys we're never going to monetize this. This is your resource. And blokes, this round's on me. As we move into the next section of this conversation, we're going to be asking some pretty real questions. We're going to take things a level deeper. It'll be raw, but hopefully we'll come up with some tips and techniques that might help some fellas out there get through a bit. If what we discussed today raises some emotions for you, either from something you've got through in the past or something you're currently dealing with. Discuss it with someone in your life you trust. 
If someone isn't immediately available, or if you're quite anxious about the feelings that you uncover, call Lifeline Australia. They're available 24-7, they care, and they're very professional. 13 11 14. Alternately, have the chat with your GP. Discuss going on a mental health plan if you're having a rough time. There's no shame in it. Get a little bit of counselling. Get yourself travelling in the right direction. If the voice in our head gets a little bit negative, it doesn't magically get better. We need to introduce a professional. Someone who has a bit of rationality. Someone who has a bit of positivity. Somebody who can help us not just survive, but thrive. We need you, fellas, and we want to see the best of you. Alrighty, back with Jake. Just realizing how much I hate listening to myself speak sometimes. Hello, handsome. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, man. So um, I guess we'll get into the to the deeper stuff, but obviously not with a mind of just dwelling in negativity. Hopefully, we can we can come up with some common themes amongst you and the other guys I speak to as to some positive habits to to dealing with some some shit times and and also some stuff to be thriving for in life. So. Um, I presume I know the answer to this one. Um, you know, I, I only recently enough went through it with my father, um, but but some some positive things come out of it in terms of my my relationships with other key figures in my life, I guess. So um, hardest thing you've had to be be through, man. If you if you want to give us an idea of what that would be and yeah. how that transpired. Yeah. Well. Honestly, without a doubt, the hardest thing I've ever had to go through was lose my mum to brain cancer, actually. Like, remember when she was diagnosed with it in 2016? I think it was, yeah, 2016. Um, she had a, um, a seizure in Melbourne, actually. Her and a couple of friends were out in Melbourne one day, and I got a phone call from my sister saying... Um, Mum's had a seizure. I'm like, wait, what? Like, it's like all these questions going through in my head. Like, I was just so sort of dumbfounded. I'm like, what the hell? What happened? And everything. Anyways, the next day that we went down and saw her in in a hospital, and like, doctors weren't too sure like what it was at first. They um, did a few scans. Like, nothing came up first. So we thought, oh, maybe it was just a one-off thing. Like, we weren't too sure. And then they wanted to do like even further scans to like just double check and then anyways we um yeah she found out that there was a lesion on her brain and so had to go in for surgery and found out yeah unfortunately later on that it was um a very aggressive cancer jesus and um, yeah the doctor told us like there was pretty much nothing that they could do but just try and slow it down and it was just I wouldn't wish that upon anyone just to hear that and then just try to act positive around her as well. Cause obviously we weren't too sure at the time if she knew it or not. Cause obviously it, uh, being on the brain, like it just messed up, messed her up like quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, trying to put on a brave face for her and like, you know, all that was very tough. Um, yeah. Like, I think it was like within seven months of her being diagnosed with it or when she first had her um, seizure to her passing away. It was about seven months. So it, it was very quick. Yeah. Like you didn't even have time to process it really. 
So, yeah, that was without a doubt the one of the yeah, yeah, the toughest thing I've ever had to go through, and um, it didn't make it easier at the time as well. That the partner that I was with, she um, broke up with me about two weeks after my mum passed away. That yeah, (laughs) didn't help at all. Really, I was in a very yeah, very tough place at the time. Very tough place. It was, even though I had a lot of like um, family, friends, like helping me out and giving me support and that, which helps me, you know, so much. I still felt so lonely in the world. It just, yeah, just ate you up, really. But I lost, like, you know, you know, my mum to yeah. this horrible fucking disease and then to make matters worse yeah like my partner that i you know truly loved at the time ended up saying that she didn't want to be with me so it just yeah <laughs> wasn't it wasn't easy man it was very tough yeah man i um again probably a longer chat to have over a beer where i can share my my side of something similar but it, it certainly doesn't doesn't get any easier and obviously you know there's very intrinsic uh, emotions specific to um how we feel about our our mums and and same i guess uh, you know the immortality we feel about our our fathers as, as a key men in in our life even at um close to 10 years older than you going through similar thing with my dad around the same time it, it's um it's fucking brutal mm. that's uh, there's you know oh, absolutely. there's nothing um you know comfortable or um palatable about it about the whole process oh absolutely it it is yeah nothing can prepare you for it it's just yeah one of those things like it's gonna like break you down a fair bit it's yeah very tough yeah man so at the same time like yeah at the same time you just gotta you know honor their memory and just keep living your life because you know that's what they want yeah so um you know i imagine the answer is nothing and for some period of time but but um what sort of positive habits i i guess during that time and obviously you got a a double bunger of of i'm not sure of your living status or, or whatnot at the time with with the partner you mentioned but uh you know you've had your heart and life uh to some extent upheaved at the at the one time so um, what sort of positive habits, I guess, helped you move forward with the, the grieving process and getting some normality of life back? Yeah, well, like I was, um, I was living with my mum at the time. My partner lived like, um, like an hour or two away from me. So, um, I was, yeah, living in the house with mum at the time. And then like, I just couldn't stay there anymore so I ended up moving in with um her partner for a for a while because like, I just couldn't be in the house by myself but um in the way of like methods to help I guess treat it almost was like you know obviously going to the gym like the gym helped me so much during that like it just you know the way that you can just go there you can just like release all that you know emotion and pain and that by yes yeah, sweating it out and you're there with people as well that you know and 
they, um, you know, you can have a good ch a chat with them, just forget about things, you know, forget about like, you know, the trials of life, but yeah, the gym, like being outdoors, just being active and trying not to like just dwell on things. But yeah, like, like there were times when it was, yeah, still very, very tough. Like all I had to do was just let just time, you know, over time, just like realize to uh, like accept it and just to let it know like what you're feeling is normal. Like you're going to feel this pain forever. Like the pain never really leaves. You just adapt to it. Like you learn how to live with it really. Yeah. Who'd, who'd you have around you at the time that you could, couldn't, you know, trust and confide in a bit, man? Yeah, obviously, like, you know, my sister, obviously, was, you know, very helpful. My dad, my stepmom, and, um, you know, all my mates and that were incredibly helpful, too. Like, they, um, yeah, were so supportive. You know, I couldn't thank them enough for everything that they did. It's just that comfort of them telling you everything's going to be okay. It just, little things like that just makes a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally understand. Um, you know, like, like I said, the whole process is obviously just awful, but was there retrospectively um, any habits or any coping mechanisms that didn't particularly help um, or, or weren't healthy? Uh, I guess, well, you know, the human brain is very complex, but, like, you can't help but just think about the, um, the negative side of things. Like, you sort of do the whole why me and all that, like, how could, you know, I lose, you know, my mum, like, one of the most important, like, probably the most important figure in my life. How could I lose her? And then, you know, how could, like, someone that I love so dearly all of a sudden just, like, get up and leave? Like, <laughs> it just, like, you know, dwelling on things like that wasn't helpful. You know, obviously, I'd try and sleep most of the time because that was the only way the pain would stop. Like, my favourite time of the day was going to bed because that was, you know, for me, that was the only time when the pain stopped. It wasn't until I woke up. That's when it just all come flooding back in. It was just like a tidal wave just hit you. You feel sick. And I just want, sometimes just didn't want to get out of bed. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely understand that one. So oversleeping as well, did you think, mate? Potentially? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like... Like I said, I just didn't want to, you know, the pain was just so overwhelming at times. Like, I couldn't eat. I didn't eat for days. Like, I lost probably, oh, like eight kilos or something like that for, in a matter of like a couple of weeks because I just didn't eat at all. I just couldn't stomach anything. I didn't have an appetite or anything like that. Just, yeah. But I guess the good thing is, like, I never thought about, like, going towards like drugs or booze or anything like that because I knew just to make things worse and that's you know I that's the last thing I wanted was to make things worse <laughs> yeah no I totally understand man totally understand it's pretty mm. pretty full-on um well to to flip the emotional roller coaster a little bit brother um and thank you for being so candid with that stuff man but um alternately uh transversely what would be the highlight for you so far what what's been probably the the best time of your life so far oh man like there have been a lot of great times actually but um 
I think the one moment that sort of stands out to me more than anything was probably the day that um, I proposed to my fiance. Actually, it was um, <laughs> when I think it was in December. I think it was. I think it was like early December. Jeez, like. <laughs> If Leah heard this, she'd fucking Yeah, I think, I think you should know that fucking date, bro. <laughs> Otherwise, we might have some more worse days to add shortly. Oh, no, she'll come up to me. She'll say, oh, do you know what day it is? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, like early December, like when I um, posed to her, like we'd been seeing each other. Like we first started meeting each other like around 2017. And um, yeah, like, mid 2017 I think it was yeah so we look in the grand scheme of things we hadn't known each other for a huge amount of time but I just knew straight away like you know after a while that she was the one really and you know, I had she was out getting her hair done and um, I invited my sister and all of her friends over and like you know did the whole like you know that like candles, friggin' roses and all that sort of shit, really, and all that romantic stuff. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I bought a ring, you know, months before that, eventually paid it off. Like, I was originally going to do it because we um, went to South Africa, actually, together in, like, 2018. Yeah. And uh, I was going to do it there, actually, on Table Mountain, which is in Cape Town. And those who don't know what, what Table Mountain is, it's like, this yeah obviously a mountain in cape town and it's like you go on top of it and it's just like overlooking the whole city and it's just absolutely beautiful so i was originally going to do it there but there's the fear of like you know losing it now if i lost it when i was over there or you know no she sees it before i proposed or that was like all going through my head so now as soon as i bought it i went over to my sister's place because she was going to look after it for a bit and I said to her, I'm so nervous about losing it. Like, you know, what if like doing it in South Africa is not the right time to do it? And she just basically said, well, what's stopping you from doing it now? And I was pretty much just like, all right, that's the green light that I need. I'm going to do it tonight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that night was probably like, yeah, one of, one of the most yeah, happiest moments of my life. And also I had um, – a necklace that my sister gave me and it had my mum's ashes in it. So she was yeah, there to see as well, which meant a lot to me. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, that's yeah, yeah. very special. No, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, yeah, pretty much like, yeah, high on the list. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, just skipping along, we've kind of delved into a little bit of what I was going to ask um, next Anyway, I feel, but um, what for you was the the bravest or most honourable thing thing you've done, or or you know, period of your life? Ooh, bravest thing, um, I guess for me, like like I said earlier, like how I was such a shy, timid sort of a person, and I never like got out much. Like I, like I said, I was too shy and all that sort of stuff, but. I guess like going to university, like moving seven hours away from home, like was, I thought like for myself, like it was such a huge step because it was just, 
like you, you'd asked me like probably a couple of years before that if I would have done it. Like, oh hell no! Like I would have been too scared to do so. But I think just like sort of jumping out and actually going to do it, then like as I said earlier, slowly come out of my shell because of it. Like I think you know, to me that was probably one of the most yeah bravest things I did at the time. Yeah, because it was just yeah a very a move that like I think it surprised a lot of people. Like even like my sister said, like I did not expect you to be moving out of home and moving to Warrnambool for um for university. <laughs> mm. But yeah, that was like like I said earlier, like probably in my mind the bravest one of the bravest things I've done. Yeah, and I guess we've already discussed um a similar theme with your initial jump uh for for South Africa as well. So I guess um, once you had taken that jump uh, to move away for uni, what what did that kind of make you feel like you were capable of thereafter? Well, it just made me feel like I could trust my own decisions, really. I could just make, you know, trust my own decision-making and just to know that, you know, no matter how, like, scared or, like, overwhelming a situation may seem, like, you're not going to die from it. Like, I guess depending on what it is, but you're not going to die from it. Like what's, you know, the worst that could happen really. <laughs> it just made me feel like, you know, that anything is possible. Like it was just like an awakening for me really. And yeah, even like when I came back home from uni, like people would say the same thing. Like, oh, you've changed so much. Like it was just... Yeah, like I said, just eye-opening for a lot of people and it just felt like a huge leap for me because if I didn't do that, like, I don't know where I'd be right now. I could be in a lot worse position. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. question I kind of dodged before because I think we'd been through enough of the, the dark stuff, but it's, it's I think it's still an important question um, and the flip yeah. side of the coin to what we've just gone through. So is there something you can mm. think of that's that's probably where you've – been the the least version of yourself or is is there a distinct moment that you're most embarrassed about shall we say across the jake journey quite a list actually like i don't (laughs) know if i run through be here for a while i I don't mean the time in grade three when you called teacher mum and you still shiver about it i i mean something more significant yeah um oh look honestly i think like one of the things that i'm definitely you know not proud about is probably well, I guess when I went through that really sort of like a dark stage of my life like where you know you sometimes don't even trust yourself with the decisions that you make so you know there was like you know a time when like things got like so bad where like I felt like there was no other way out if you know what I mean so um yeah thankfully that didn't go through and it just sort of made me think afterwards like you know as painful and as hurtful as you know like life can be sometimes and no matter like you know how depressed like you may be you're not ending it you're not stopping it at all you're just passing it on because you should be passing on to like your friends family all that and it just sort of like for a long time I felt ashamed of myself 
even now, like nowadays thinking about it, it just makes me, you know, think like, oh, geez, how could I, you know, possibly do that? But at the same time, I got to just think to myself, you know, I was in a very dark, yeah, state of mind at the time. It just felt like I had no other choice. And a lot of people out there can vouch for it as well. That's where they feel like that's the only um, option. But you just got to know, like, you know, it's, it's not the only option. There are so many other things that, you know, you can do to help yourself get out of it. Like, yeah. And well, look where I am now, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a beautiful. Fiance. Yeah. It's funny, man. Cause, um, uh, it's funny that you identify that as, as a moment you're embarrassed about, I guess. And, and, you know, again, to avoid having this be a conversation about me, cause I'm loving hearing about you, but, um, I, I absolutely had, had my moment in, in life where I danced that dance and, um, Rather than ashamed, for me, I feel fairly empowered, I guess, to to, to um, have chosen life at, at that moment, shall we say, and, and um, in anything that comes, and obviously the world's in an interesting state at the moment, but, but for me, I feel pretty empowered by knowing the worst of what I can confront and, and the worst of what I'm capable of as well, um, and, and by choosing... Yeah by choosing to have, have walked away from both, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's, yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of like the same for me as well. Like it's embarrassing, but at the same time, it is empowering that know that you can get out of it. Like and anyone can get out of it. Unfortunately, there are people out there that every day that like can't get out of it, which is, you know, very, you know, it's terrible to know that, but, you know, at the same time, there are, you know, a lot of people that, you know, have shown that you can get out of it. Yeah, abs- so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a feel-good one again, man. Uh, if you can identify someone, who would you say your hero is? Whew, hero? Um, I've got, look, look. I guess there's no one, like one person that sort of stands out. Like there's so many, like, you know, people like, well, my mum, for one, obviously, was such a kind, empowering, you know, loving figure. My dad was like the, um, yeah, the, the what I was saying at the moment, like, you know, empowering, you know, he sort of like took control and he like helped me, you know, turn me into the man that I am today. Like, he's taught me so much and he's always, you know, been there for me. Um, I guess like <laughs> look if I'm gonna you know Brown knows a little bit, but I guess my fiance as well, like knowing the stuff that she's been through and the fact that you know she's come out of it as well. That'll definitely and make up for forgetting your anniversary, man. I reckon. What's that? That'll, that'll definitely make up for forgetting your anniversary. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, like those people, yeah, I some of my heroes really. Just uh, yeah, and, and with regards to, I, I think you kind of made the the connection already with what I was going to ask next. But with regards to the aspects or, or the traits of those people you find admirable, um, 
I take it their their traits you aspire to, and and how how do you think you're tracking in in uh, replicating what it is that you admire about those people? Yeah, well, mum was one of those people where it was you know like she would always look on the bright side of things and always you know be you know defending someone. Like if you see someone like down the street that's like yelling or cursing or something like that, you automatically think of. What the fuck's wrong with that person over there? And then you say, "Oh, geez, check out that that idiot over there or something." But she was like, "Oh, he's probably having a bad day, yada yada yada, and all that sort of stuff." And you know, obviously working at Woolworths for such a long time, you get a lot of pricks that would come in. And you know, when I come home, I just you know, I want to vent and just be like, you know, "Oh God, this person was such an asshole, yada yada yada." So like, oh, you don't know what they're going through. They could be going through something worse than you and everything. It's like, God, you always just look on the right side of things don't you yeah <laughs> always see good in people so that has definitely transferred over to me as well and i know leah would agree with it too that i'm sometimes a bit too passive i guess you could say <laughs> but in, um to an extent that she feels like it's naive or, or or are you just um you know definitely optimistically biased optimistically biased i'd say yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'm the very uh, yeah, I'm optimistic, very optimistic. But I don't think that's a um, a fault. Or a, oh, oh, sometimes it could possibly be a fault, but I'm not going to change. Hmm. Yeah, so, fantastic, uh, man. Yeah. So of, of what you have adopted or, or of what was intrinsically you to start with, what do you think is your most admirable quality, man, apart from that jawline and your blue eyes and your disgusting good looks? What, what, what's admirable about, about you as, a, as an individual? um oh look i think just like over the years like with everything from like uni to like you know getting out of uni like losing my mum you know going through like all this other you know financial problems as well in the past like it's it's very you know it's taught me patience and knowing that you know you know you've been through the worst (laughs) you know thing that you could possibly imagine but you've come out of it so like I think that's where my optimism comes from, that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. So I think, yeah, my patience is one of them. I'm ve- I like to think I'm a very patient person. Sometimes I know, but majority of the time I am, yeah. Patient with like a lot of things. And um, I guess my attitude compared to what it used to be like, it's, yeah, changed a lot. Fantastic, man. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but a, a lot of your responses seem to be incredibly healthy for me in terms of coping mechanisms or, or way to get through some some troubling times. Um, but how would you describe your relationship with your mental health today? Yeah, look, like, as everyone, you know, it's the same with everyone. Like, you know, you still have, like, your dark days and all that sort of stuff. You still feel down, like, you know, something may happen at work. You have, like, you know argument with your partner or something like that like i know, you see like you know especially with everything that's going on at the moment with the pandemic like you know you're not allowed to go outside so it makes things like really tough but as i said earlier it's just you got to realize that things will improve like you know one you know i think like you know with your attitude and your mental health it's a lot like the weather like you know it, it seems like you know it's it's raining, it's windy, it's cold. You think it's never going to 
end, but it doesn't. And like, it's the same with, you know, your um, mental health. Like whenever you're having those dark days, you just got to remember that they're going to pass. And I know that, you know, as many times as I may, you know, get down sometimes, I know that it's going to pass. And, you know, I have like, you know, a lot of euphoric days, like compared to what I was like, you know, years ago, I'm in a lot better state, state of mind. Like, and it's taught me, like I've taught myself, you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything like that, but I've taught myself a lot of things. Like I've done a lot of like, you know, looking like, you know, like soul searching. And it's just maybe, you know, a lot of things have just like taught me that, you know, I can, you know, get through the dark days yeah, and still just like come out of it and still live a very happy life because feeling sad, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just normal. Everyone feels sad. It's very true, man. It's very true. So obviously, um, you know, there's probably going to be some common themes given the, the current state of things with with the virus cruising around and whatnot as to the answer to this question, but what's something that you're looking forward to or excited about? Well, um, just, yeah, well, once this is all over, like, you know, just going to the pub with your mates for a beer, like, that's one thing I'm looking forward to, but I guess as well, like, um, being able to travel again, you know, me and Leah, you know, have, like, flirted with the idea of, like, moving somewhere, like, you know, doing that. Now, possibly having a family, just little things really, like, you know, us getting married. That's another thing to look forward to. Just, just being outside, <laughs> just being able to like, you know, do like, a, you know, go back to like your normal way of living and just being around those that like, you know, support you and you support them and just being happy. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Simple as that. Um, not that you're a particularly old rooster at 28, but but what's a piece of advice you would give 18-year-old Jake? Yes, like, prepare and be patient. <laughs> like, yeah, there are going to be a lot of tough times coming up, but you are going to make through it, get through it. And it's it's a simple quote, but it's just, I find very helpful. It's just everything is going to be okay. Simple as that. Everything is going to be okay. There's going to be sometimes when it's not okay. It's going to be shit. There are some days you're going to just feel numb. You get, there are days when you're going to feel absolutely just furious with things. But it's going to pass and everything will be okay. That's just the moral of the story. Love it, man. Love it. Um, well, we've blown way over time because I'm just enjoying getting to catch up with you and... and Obviously covered yeah, some likewise. some pretty full on full on stuff, man. Um, usually try and end it, which is a bit. Say, Sorry, bro. So I was gonna say I was probably like I, I wasn't. I guess probably you know talking about a few things a lot of people such as yourself weren't expecting, but yeah. No, I don't know what I was gonna say, but it just sort of yeah felt fine. And obviously this is a show show or a podcast about like um, you know likes talking and just know that it is okay to talk about things. Yeah. And I, I think um, I'm seeing a lot of positivity out there in terms of, um, you know, obviously social media is flooded at the moment with uh, various forms of creativity and, and compassion. There's certainly, you know, probably a high point in the meme game for humankind, but 
um, it's it's good to see that people are aware that people are probably struggling and going through emotions that at least our couple of generations haven't necessarily had to deal with in, in non-war times. So um, yeah. I think it's a, a, a good time, as much as it might be a challenge for myself some days to, um, to uh, I guess, lack of a better word, um, draw up the enthusiasm and excitement to be having these really cool conversations. Um, it, it seems like it's it's really necessary uh, for us to do our, our little bit um, to, to be a bit candid and be out there and show all the other guys and girls that um, lean on each other and get through this awkwardness that, that none of us are very equipped or experienced at least in dealing with. Mm, absolutely, yeah. People just got to realise, like, we're all in this together. Like, the support is always out there. You just, like, know that it's going to come your way. Like, there is support, always going to be support out there for you. So, yeah, everyone's going through, you know, a lot of shit times at the moment. But, yeah, like I said before, we're all in this together. And we will, again, get through this together. Awesome, man. One last one that might be putting you on the spot a little bit. So, worst case scenario, if something doesn't quickly come to mind, have a think about it and I'll, I'll kind of answer it as a maybe a blog post during the week, but uh, yeah. like to finish off with um, interview the interviewer to an extent. So is there something currently going on for you or, or is there a, a mental health topic or specifically a men's mental health topic that you want to buy five cents on? Um, if something comes to mind, we'll, we'll go through it. Otherwise, like I said, flick me a, flick me a message or, or mention yeah. the yarn after and I'll come up with something. Yeah, no, honestly, man. I can't really think of anything that sort of comes to mind at the moment. Like I'm sure maybe later on something will come to mind, but um, yeah, nothing sort of like really jumping out at me at the moment, but yeah, I'm sure something will later on. Too easy, but at man. the moment, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We'll, I'll do it as a post after then. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll continue the chat after this finishes up, but thank you so much for your, for your candor, man, and, and agreeing to come on. That's awesome. No, thanks for having me on, on here, man. It's been absolutely great. Really appreciate it. Too easy, Jake. All right, bro. We'll, we'll end it up there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and obviously, seek out those good mental health resources if you're having a rough time. And, and everyone's going through an awkward time at the moment. So um, have good conversations with, you, with your family and your friends and the people you trust. And if you're a bit short on for those, seek out a professional. There's, there's plenty of amazing services there. So this is... Blokes Don't Talk, look us up on Instagram or Facebook uh, and we're available on anywhere you get your good podcasts. Cheers.